1: When I started, I was very sick with complications from type 2 diabetes. Within six months of starting a ketogenic diet, all of my biomarkers of disease had
0: disappeared. I've also lost about 80 pounds, and I've completely turned my health around. And this show is a document of my progress through ketosis and Richard's experience thriving for years in ketosis. Oh, yeah. And hopefully that might help a few people who are curious about this kind of dietary hacking. Yeah, we're not doctors, we don't want to give anyone any medical advice,
1: but we are keen to share our own experiences. We're actually both software developers, so we're not afraid of a little technical detail, are we, Carl? Nah. (laughs) We've done some research into our own deranged metabolisms and the science behind them. We hope to share some of that research. Where possible, we intend to put links in
0: the show notes to cite research supporting any claims that we make. And you'll probably work out pretty quickly that we're both foodies. Sure are. We love to cook and we love to eat. In every episode, we both share a keto recipe that cannot be ignored. Ah,
1: <laughs> no, it cannot.
0: <laughs> All right, so let's start podcast number 68 Treating Cancer with Dr. Naisha Winters. Hey. So, Richard, do we have any corrections or apologies from last week?
1: Yeah, I have a big apology. <laughs> Namely, yeah, the, there was no last week. <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we missed a show weekly show for the first time in what about seventeen months we've been doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's conference season, and we're both spread very thin doing conferences as well. We're also getting ready for Keto Fest and the the Keto Road Trip. Keto Road Trip. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. We're taking the two keto dudes on the road the week after Keto Fest, from Tuesday the eighteenth of July in New York to Saturday the twenty second in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and all points in between.
1: Yeah, so if you live between New York and New Orleans and you'd like to meet up uh, with uh, Carl and I or some of the admins from the ketogenic forums, right. uh, just let us know. Uh, there'll be a thread in the ketogenic forums on the Keto Road Trip. And if we can get a large enough group at any one place along our route, we will stop and uh, and have a meetup.
0: That's right. And uh, Tom Seast is coming, Brenda's coming, and Kim mm-hmm. Howerton is coming too. So yeah. the five of us in a big RV traveling to new orleans what could go wrong
1: (laughs) a lot of bacon and eggs could go wrong i think yeah right right
0: bacon and eggs Mm. well let's revisit what a
1: ketogenic diet is shall we yeah so a ketogenic diet is 20 grams or less of carbohydrate you basically want to get that from uh green leafy vegetables maybe some nuts maybe eggs have a little bit of carbohydrate in them dairy yeah so you basically want to minimize the amount of carbohydrates you have in a day. Yep. Get it under 20 and you'll be in ketosis fine. Yep. The next step is you want to make sure that you have enough protein to maintain your body mass, which is basically between one and one and a half grams per kilogram of lean body mass. And for me, that works out to be roughly between 80 and 120 grams of protein a day. And I get all of my energy from fat. Fat. Ah, Lovely fat. (laughs) That's fat on your body uh, or fat on your plate. And as you lose more and more weight, you have less and less energy contribution from body fat, you'll slowly and spontaneously increase the amount of fat on your plate because the ketogenic diet is an ad libitum diet. It is fat to satiety. Yeah. As Dr. Finney says, never leave the table hungry.
0: All right, man. How was your week? How was your two weeks? I had two weeks. Yeah. I've had some, I've had good
1: two weeks. Uh, dog wise, it's been, you know, uh, we have good days and we have bad days, mm. and mostly, uh, mostly good days, but you know, the, the end is coming and, uh, and we're trying to avoid it as long as we can. But, mm. uh, as far as other things go last weekend, uh, we went to the truffle farm, the Canberra Truffle Farm. Oh, the yeah. truffle festival is just about to start, and the press club had a special access where, where basically they allowed us to go into their farm with a dog, a truffle hunting dog, and wow. to hunt for truffles. And we got a truffle that was 650 grams. So,
0: oh my god, two thirds of a kilogram!
1: I know it's like a size of a cantaloupe. And they just and let
0: you have it? No, no,
1: no. We didn't get to keep it. <laughs> we got to say. buy it. <laughs> we got to buy it. But, you know, it's uh, it's about $2,000 worth of truffle.
0: Good and Lord.
1: So the, the 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 team from the press club that we were with included the executive chef and the sous chef, and they bought the truffles for the press club events over the next uh, uh, couple of months. But I learned a lot of techniques for using truffles. So I'm going to use one of those in my recipes at the end of this uh, podcast. Awesome. Awesome. So how was your week, Carl? Or how was your two weeks?
0: Yeah. Well, my two weeks were good. I I actually went all over the place. I was traveling. I was a traveling Mm. fool. (laughs) I I felt like I was in uh, After Hours. Remember that movie? Right. Just like, (laughs) guy leaves work and all this crazy stuff happens to him. Well, you know, just one flight delay after another in hotel rooms and we had some tornadoes around. So... Um I was basically at another conference down in Orlando, a developer conference. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, the you know the same thing happens everywhere I go now, which is what have you done with Carl, you know, and <laughs> how did you go do on. that? And I
1: want some of that.
0: Yeah, so people are beginning to take notice there. So basically a lack of planning on my side. Um, we didn't you know, we had a few days before all that stuff happened that we could have recorded a show and we didn't. So I'll take I'll take the hit on that one. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. yeah. But happy to be alive and happy to be here and and happy to be talking to all you ketopians out there. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to
1: MILPA. <laughs> <We're justified laughs> <and we're laughs> So I'm going to go first, and this mail actually comes from my father, (laughs) believe it or not. And one of his buddies who he plays golf with listens to our podcast, and his name is Vern Page. And he's always asking my father, how did Richard cure his diabetes? What does he eat? How does he do it? You know, I listen Mm. to his podcast. I love listening to these guys, but how does he, you know, how did he manage to to defeat his diabetes? And the answer is fairly simple.
0: Bacon and eggs.
1: Bacon and <laughs> eggs, yeah, pretty much. So essentially, uh, it's uh, it's a diet that is um, uh, doesn't have any sugar or starch in it. So I went and got rid of all of the uh, food that contained high amounts of sugar and starch in my uh, in my larder, in my kitchen, in my uh, fridge. Uh, so mm. anything that was uh, like your normal starches, rice, flour, potatoes, these are all high-carbohydrate food. So I got rid of them, mm. didn't need any temptation. Yep. Uh, got rid of pretty much all of the grains that I had. At that stage, I went and got a bunch of low-carbohydrate grains like um, chia and uh, other things, salima husks and things like that. Mm-hmm. Turns out I never end up using a lot of these things. Yeah, me either. I buy large amounts of meat, put it in a slow cooker, like a bolar roast, which is like a four-kilogram Piece of meat from the from the shoulder of a cow, or yeah. I'll buy uh, pig shoulder, mm. or goat shoulder, or lamb shoulder. Yeah. The shoulder meat of a, of a of an animal is particularly fatty, mm. and it's the fattier cuts of meat that are better for somebody on a ketogenic diet. Right. So I'll get one of those. I'll toss it into a slow cooker, and I'll cook it for like ten to twelve hours. Maybe I'll have a little bit of water in there or a little bit of stock. It's left over in my fridge. I'll throw in some vegetables, like you know, a bit of smash, smash some garlic, and add some herbs. Like um, if it's lamb, I might put a bit of rosemary in. Yeah. Um, if it's beef, I might put thyme in. If it's chicken, I could put parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. You know. Yeah, right. Sure. And basically, uh, so I slow cook meat, and then pull it off when it comes off the bone. I use a couple of forks, and I pull it all so that. That meat then turns into, um, threads that soak up the fat that, that rendered out of the meat. So, mm. uh, and I, I bag these up, uh, about 200 grams, uh, per bag and freeze them. And so I'll take that meat, which is a very fatty meat flavorful because it's been cooked for 10 to 12 hours. Right. Um, out of that four kilogram block of, uh, beef, I'm going to make 40 meals. Yep. And they go into the freezer and so basically I pull out a, a, about 100 grams of, uh, of meat in a meal, each for Julie and I, so the 200-gram bag uh, will go between the pair of us and then I'll add something like, you know, cream spinach or um, – uh, maybe scrambled eggs or mm. if there's lots of things that you can add to, uh, pickle cabbage, yeah. um, uh, kimchi. These are all things that are fairly low in carbohydrate. Fennel salad. Fennel salad is one of my favourites, yeah. yeah. So these are all things that are very easy to make up and, and add into a meal. Yeah. Um, but I'm not eating any sugar or starch. I'm not eating um, any sweets. And I, I find certainly after a couple of months, I didn't feel like eating those foods anymore. Right. Now, if you're really struggling and you just want to go to a a store and buy some food that is ketogenic, you can go to McDonald's and just get get a Big Mac and throw away the bun. Ask for it without special sauce and and maybe get some mayonnaise.
0: Yeah. Here's what I do at McDonald's. I get two triple cheeseburgers, extra cheese, add bacon, but plain otherwise. And throw the top and bottom buns away. And use the the bottom patties as the outsides, you know, nice. flip them over. And yeah. use the wrapper so you don't grease up yourself too mm-hmm. much. And, you know, that's that's a good lunch. In, in an emergency, that's a decent meal. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So it's just a matter of modifying your diet. And uh, after a while, it becomes second nature. And you get to where Carl and I are, which is really lazy keto. We just yeah. eat what we want to eat. None of the food in our, in our house has uh, sugar or starch in large amounts right. in it. And um, we've got a couple of set recipes that we go to a lot of the time, but <laughs> bacon and eggs is delicious. And there's <laughs> yeah, like right. there's like hundreds of different ways that you can cook eggs and bacon. That's
0: right. <laughs> Add a little cheese.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So that's that's my mouth. What do you got, Carl? Well, um, somebody posted in the forum that uh, they are trying to have their sister and friend uh, joined the forum, and they downloaded the app, and they can't get on. There's like a m- mobile API error. It says you don't have the required trust level to use the user API. Right. So it's a new user, and they're trying to use the mobile application, right? Right. So the reason this is confusing is because we actually did have a pinned post on the forum that addressed all of this. Mm. And uh, the the answer is to go to the website and use the website for 15 minutes. Just look around for 15 minutes. That's all you have to do. Prove to it you're not a robot. Yeah, it's proving to the software, Discourse, that you're not a robot, that you actually are are a user. And it is a little frustrating for people that don't know that. Mm. But once you're on the forum for 15 minutes, then you can download and run the app, Discourse, Mm. and log in. Yeah. And then take it from there. Another problem with the forum, which is why we had to change the pinned post was that we recently upgraded from the standard uh, package, because we pay for discourse, right? Yeah, yeah. To the enterprise level, which Mm. is multiple forums and a lot more features and more admins and all of that. And in doing so, a bunch of people lost their passwords or lost the ability to log in. Yeah, their
1: passwords were no longer cached by the browser, so they had to enter them in again. And if they didn't remember what they were, then they'd have trouble getting back in.
0: Right. So we basically have to tell people, you know, that say, I forgot my password, reset it if you don't remember it, and there you go. But we we lost some people that day, didn't yeah, yeah, we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. I mean, we had to upgrade to the enterprise because on this, the plan
1: that we were paying for, uh, we were getting like a uh, hundred thousand page views per month and we were getting something like a million page <laughs> views per month. And so right. they were tapping us on the shoulder saying, you know, you guys are. Uh, starting to get a bit bigger. So we had to go to the enterprise level, but that's okay. You know, it it just means that some of the people who had passwords cached in their browser uh, will have to re-enter that in once. So uh, I'm sorry about that, but it it means that we've got much more features in the uh, product and we'll be rolling those out over the next couple of months.
0: Absolutely. So watch for all that stuff. Mm, Yeah. Well, Richard... I'm really, really excited about our guest today, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Naysha Winters, Dr. Naysha Winters, welcome to Two Keto Dudes.
1: Right
2: on. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. I love following you. So thanks for having me on today.
0: Well, thanks for being here. Um, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Obviously, you've been you're an oncologist and you treat cancer with a with all sorts of things, but including a ketogenic diet. Tell us about it.
2: You got it. So I've been in, an, in the realm of naturopathic oncology for about the last 10 years directly, um, though I'm 25 years out from my own stage four terminal cancer diagnosis. And thanks to 20, wow. exactly. So 25 years of studying this for myself, just to keep myself alive, as well as tens of thousands of patients, I have worked really hard and been a huge fan of the the application of um, changing the metabolic uh, process within the body to change how cancer responds in the body. And one of the key tools that I use for that is a ketogenic diet. And so I learn and study and listen to everything ketogenic and ketosis, and the field is growing exponentially, and you guys are at the forefront of bringing it to the masses.
0: So we've all heard that, you know, tumors thrive on glucose, and uh, they can't use ketones for energy, so it's kind of a no-brainer that if you lower glucose in the blood, you're starving cancer cells, they die. Is, that, is, is it that simple? It,
2: it's, it, in some ways, it's that simple, although what we're finding, um, as we're finally starting to fund and create some research around this, we're finding that the ketogenic diet itself really enhances conventional therapies. So it makes things like radiation more effective without the side effects. It induces um, apoptosis, so programmed cell death of the cancer cells. It lowers inflammation. It changes hormonal communication in the body. Um, It's I mean, it's just huge. It lowers angiogenesis, which is new blood vessels to the tumor. So we're finding all the sort of hallmarks of cancer that we looked at from a Western medical perspective. Ketogenic diet impacts. At least six of those 10, um, and likely all 10, we just don't have the research yet. Uh, people like Adrian Sheck out of Barrow's Neurological out of uh, Arizona has done extensive study on this and is finding that ketogenic diet does have a role in pretty much every you know, piece of the c- cancer process, and it definitely right. enhances other therapies. Yeah, we're excited about what we're finding.
1: So, Neisha, do all cancers respond in the same way uh, to a ketogenic diet?
2: Um, the question of how of whether or not ketogenic diet is the answer for all cancers is is definitely not. You know, so when I say that is, is that first of all we have to get away from being seduced by the idea of a single treatment for cancer mm. in any realm, right? So the ketogenic sure. diet is effective in all cancer types, but as far as having a true cytotoxic direct cancer kill. There are certain cancers that are gonna be more responsive than others. So we can use this as a great tool of support in all patients with cancer, but the cancers that are really metabolically active, such as brain cancers, um, a lot of the pelvic, you know, gynecological cancers, certain types of colorectal cancers, and non-small cell lung as well as pancreatic cancers, tend to be very um, metabolically active. They love to use sugar. As a primary fuel source. And so, those cancers tend to have a really excellent response to this um, application.
0: That's very important to know. And also, probably the next thing that's on our listeners' minds is, how wh- what is your success rate? I mean, how have you been able to um, rise above the laws of averages? Well,
2: Weirdly enough, you'd think in, in a, as a naturopathic doctor that the majority of the people I see are people who should be kind of, that I'd be kind of preaching to the choir. You know, you'd think I'd see kind of the hippy dippy granola types who are already pretty akin to the concept of alternative medicine or preventative medicine. However, mm-hmm. with the field of oncology, that's absolutely not true. The, the majority of the patients that find me that seek My services are people that have already been failed by conventional therapies, not just once, but often multiple times. And they've basically been sent home with no other options. And most of them are on hospice or at the end of their life, or really having severe side effects of their treatments and looking for additional support. So the vast majority of the people I see, probably 90% are stage four end of life cancer patients. So Mm -hmm. when there's not much hope given to them, they're looking for some support. So typically, at that stage, the survival rate is less than 5% at five years, right? So not a good prognosis from a Western medical perspective. However when I look, depending on the tumor type and the person and their ability and desire to do all it takes to change, because it takes a lot when you get to that stage, to overcome something like this, um, what I definitely see is at the very least, uh, survival rate time lengthens. So we call that like maybe progression free survival or overall survival rate. Um, and so at the very least, we always see that I would say 100% of the time I'm able to offer you know, days, weeks, months, even years beyond what they were given in their original expiration date, if you will. Um, quality wow. of life is absolute in all of these patients as well. So those are the two big factors that I know I have great success with. Now, when I take across the board and compare that 5% with my folks and my own data milling, we have closer to a 50 to 70% um, response rate. Um, in stage four cancers, which compares to the five to 12% um, in conventional medicine. So, you know, it's not that I'm, I, I don't ever treat cancer. I'm not treating a tumor. I'm not treating a tumor cell. I'm treating the person that happens to contain this process. And when we go at it that direction and we take care of their terrain or the rest of their body and being, we see some pretty cool things happening.
1: So is this predominantly as an adjuvant uh, to traditional uh, treatments like radiation, chemotherapy, um, what other what other therapies would be involved there?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this is the beauty of folks like Adrienne Scheck. Um, you know, she's been showing the ketogenic diet as a way to enhance conventional interventions, which are the typical chemo, radiation, surgery, perhaps targeted therapies and um, hormone blockade therapies. When we move out of that realm, for instance, when folks have stopped responding to those therapies, things that seem to resurrect a response <laughs> again are things like adding in hyperbaric oxygen, adding in high-dose yeah. IV vitamin C, adding in sub-Q or intravenous mistletoe album extract therapy. Um, hyperthermia is a fantastic adjunct to this. And so we find that ketogenic diet likes to play well with others. It it works much better if you bring in another supportive tool, you know, so perhaps we want to have something cytotoxic like radiation, then we bring in the metabolic um, approach, which is the ketogenic diet. And then we bring in an immune therapy such as mistletoe extract. And we see some really impressive results.
0: So I know that Thomas Seafried in Boston, likes to use a calorie-restricted or a calorie-reduced ketogenic diet, or fasting for that matter, which is sort of the ultimate ketogenic diet.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And his work, it's it's great because he you know, Dr. Seyfried is a researcher, you know, and he sees a lot of things at the bench, we call that, right? So he started out in cell line and moving into animal, and now it's moving into human studies. And then you take somebody like Adrian Sheck's work in Arizona, who's not used caloric restriction, but was finding in the animal studies that the animals naturally calorie restrict once they get into ketosis. And I'll tell you, as someone who works at the bedside with the patient, people tend to calorie restrict naturally, because when you're satiated by all that fat, you don't eat as much. So it's sort of a natural evolution, if you will, of how we are self-regulating with our with our food choices. And then folks like Walter Longo, the intermittent fasting guru in research world. He's even shown that the real issue why chemo has probably worked as well as it has in the past is because people naturally caloric restrict because they feel like such utter crap. <laughs> so they're not eating for a few days. And they're actually finding, at least in his research, that maybe it's that fasting that's making the cancer cell more vulnerable and that is helping resurrect healthy stem cells and and enhance um what we call you know like uh, the new creation of mitochondria out there. So there's some really cool things that I think anywhere from simple calorie restriction to simple intermittent fasting all the way into really extensive ketogenic diet and then the combination of either fasting or calorie restriction you have a beautiful um range in which you're getting therapeutic support pretty much in any of those approaches.
1: I have a suspicion that some of the caloric restriction that spontaneously happens to people on ketosis on a, on a ketogenic diet, uh, happens because it's a low insulin diet. And so if you're used, to, I mean, Carl and I were both hyperinsulinemics. We both mm. had type two diabetes. We totally reversed our diabetes and, and that's really the genesis of this show. But, um, right. the part of the, uh, function of the ketogenic diet is it really dials down your insulin and for people who are hyperinsulinemic that means that their access to their body fat that they they basically have access to body fat and so their body fat is contributing more energy to them during the day Uh, and so they need to eat less because they're already getting a mouthful from body fat so Mm. (laughs) uh, that's part of i suspect that's part of the reason behind the caloric restriction and then what happens is as you lose 70 pounds 80 pounds or whatever you start to decrease that caloric restriction because your body fat is now dialing back its contribution to the energy that you're going to use during the day and your plate fat slowly add up and then that sort of that shows the the gradual sort of uh easy landing (laughs) for a ketogenic person but carl and i both lost 80 80 pounds we both uh, became non-type 2 diabetic i mean my hba1c went from 11.2 to 5.2 wow so yep. wow. that's a significant yeah uh, increase so um and it, the funny thing is, that we actually got together in this podcast because of a friend of ours who has cancer, wow. and he was doing research into the ketogenic diet to cure prostate cancer. Wow. And he got a hyperbaric tent, he got uh, went on the ketogenic diet, and he was in a podcast number 20, so...
0: And he refused radiation and chemotherapy and the surgery that would have you know made his sex life bad. You no, know, he, he had the excision,
1: uh, he had the, the cancer removed, but he... Didn't have his the two nerves that they wanted to to sever. He yeah. he chose to have the more complicated surgery that didn't sever those nerves. Right on. And he's had yeah. full function full full um, function of
0: uh, urogenital function. So Excellent. He's, he's doing wonderfully. Beautiful. Uh, so we heard about Andrew Scarborough. We haven't had him on the show, but uh, we heard about him. Get him on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's got a remarkable story. Um, can you can you tell his story, and then I'd also like to know about your your uh, patient in Boston who's going to be at KetoFest with you. Yeah,
2: well, I know a little bit of Andrew's story. We've had the pleasure of meeting once at the Tampa um, Metabolic uh, Therapeutic Conference back this past February, um, but he had a you know a terminal brain tumor process and has been. I mean, the thing I think is amazing about Andrew is he's like me. I mean, I'm 25 years out from a stage four in op- and I've never done conventional therapies for my cancer. Um, and I'm still like, I still have tumor in my body. I still have these things, but it's not causing me any problems. I'm living in synergy with it. I feel that this is where Andrew is. He is exploring and learning every day and healing and tweaking as he needs to. Um, and basically being uh, like living science for people, right? So from his experience, he's sharing it. He's remarkable. He's tried everything from the ketogenic diet to the fasting to um, off label drug use to all kinds of things that he's woven together just in exploring himself. So the thing I think I appreciate most about Andrew is he's not um, he is not d- doing a disservice by saying that there's one way or one thing, and he's helping bring people to that. But he, his story is extensive. It's an ongoing process. So I would encourage you to get him on just to hear it directly from him. But he's done amazing things with brain cancer that um, – living far beyond his expiration dates as well.
0: Yeah, he had a terminal he had a terminal brain tumor yeah. that uh, – was he? He basically had days to live. Yeah, and or, or something. Yeah, and, and he was and, having and just, seizures
2: uh, ate- and all. I mean, he has reined back all of his symptoms and side effects of the tumor simply with the ketogenic yeah. diet as well. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant man. Yeah,
1: amazing. Yeah. So, so, Nisha, what was your cancer diagnosis?
2: My cancer diagnosis was ovarian cancer and, um, very aggressive because I was so young, they missed it for over a year. Um, and by the time we realized what it was, I was really literally on death's door. I was so sick that they didn't even think that I could survive the treatment. So they basically recommended hospice at that time. Um, and because I'm a stubborn, um, redheaded with a little bit of a temper, um, rage pretty much drove me (laughs) into, Looking elsewhere, and kind of like you told me this can't be done. I'm going to show you that it can, and that's kind of been my mo for my whole life. My mother will tell you that's even part of my childhood. Um, so, uh-huh. but that's where I'm still working with this, and I've worked a lot with ovarian cancer patients and pelvic floor, you know, you know, endometrial, uh, peritoneal cancers for years, and have had really good success with at the very least low carbohydrate, high fat diets, and then in many of these folks taking them into deeper ketogenic diets and intermittent fasting. Process. With really good success because they are insulin tanks. Like they just when you guys talked about your insulin story, insulin growth factor is what I test in all of my cancer patients, all of them. We test at the be- beginning and we test throughout, and we can watch as the tumor process stabilizes and shrinks and starts to go into remission. That insulin comes down. Insulin growth factor, hemoglobin A1c, and the fasting insulin. It is key. Um, and then of course we have the PET scans to show that that FDG uptake that uh, uh, radiated, you know, radiation um, glucose uptake lowers as well. So we're seeing definitive data showing us that we're getting somewhere by just like you used earlier on, Carl, starving the cancer of one of its one of its favorite
0: food sources. Yeah. So tell us about Matthew, your uh, your patient in Boston who's going to be at KetoFest.
2: So Matthew stumbled across me on a few ketogenic forums, um, and I think if memory serves, he heard the story of one of my other patients that is very out there and does give permission. Her name is Allison Gannett, and she is also someone who had a terminal brain tumor that it, in August will be four years out with remnants of mm-hmm. the tumor still intact, refused any other treatment, was given... Um, just a few months to live and she is like a ketogenic warrior um you know and so she's out there all over she's spoken at um, low carb USA and a few other things that she'll be attending with me um, later this year as well but she's just amazing and she's just like I was and just like Matthew and that out there learning and Andrew even that we're out there learning everything we can about our own process and i think that's key to why a lot of these folks are surviving is they're not willing to throw in the towel and they're willing to under every rock and see what's going on. But he heard, heard me through a few of those places reached out on a, you know, messenger on Facebook. And lo and behold, he'd already seen and talked to people like Dr. Thomas Seyfried and Lise Ashler, who's a famous integrative oncologist and Patricia Daly in London and already kind of worked with the best of the best in that arena. But he was still feeling like he was falling short. And so the way we approach it, we go, we literally do not leave any stone unturned. And so the types of labs and things we Run, we were able to unearth for Matthew a few other processes unbeknownst to him that may have been contributing to his illness, which was a um, sarcoma. Very aggressive and very
0: nasty. Yeah,
2: very nasty and not responsive, especially to chemotherapy, which he'd already gone through. And it tends to be made more aggressive once you go through chemo. And this is not to say don't do chemo, it's just statistically the way it is. It's just not Mm -hmm. a very good responsive um cancer to the conventional therapies we have to offer. So he actually, I just got an update, I think it was last week, that his scan continues to be clear, um, which is really unlikely uncommon in this type of cancer. It usually likes to recur very aggressively, very quickly. So we're we're really happy. And he is who turned me on to um uh, us talking today, though, I turned him on to the Keto Fest because he's young, he's vital, he's in, in interested, he lives in that part of the country, and he's finding yeah. that he's on an island by himself, you know, in all these support groups, everyone really, you know, gives him a hard time for choosing this route. I got the same thing. So it was all my colleagues, and all my patients who've been on a journey that took an integrative or even alternative approach to cancer, you don't get met very warmly. Let's just put it that way. Oh, We
0: know about it.
2: You do. I get a lot of trolls. I get a lot of haters. Um, I'm okay with that. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm like F you. I'm 25 years out from a terminal diagnosis. So you can't talk me out of anything that I've experienced.
0: We say the same thing. We're not going to just hand over our, you know, our type two diabetes cure. Yes, thank you. And that's what it is.
2: It is. and so I thought this, what you guys are creating, is exactly like we need a village that we can all hang out in and not have to prove ourselves or justify our choices, or we could just celebrate what has brought us vitality.
0: You've
1: just described the ketogenic forums.
0: Yay! <laughs> as an online place, yeah, but but certainly Keto Fest as an in-person, just right. you know, hey, let's meet meet fellow ketopians. <laughs>
2: It is going to Utopia with (laughs) Ketopia. Now I talk. Right on. Yeah.
0: So you've written a book. Tell us about it.
2: Well, it was the hardest thing. Cancer was easy compared to writing a book. I will (laughs) say that right now. Oh, my God. My colleague, uh, Jess Higgins Kelly, she's a master nutrition therapist, which is very different than a registered dietitian, as you guys are also well aware. Um, Mm Mm-hmm she and I, uh, I've been doing, you know, integrative oncology for many years. But in 2009, I started doing cancer retreats. And my husband and I would prepare all the food. And we would do the education around the why of the food. And we would carefully source the food. And we would never tell people, hey, we're eating a low carb, high fat or a ketogenic diet, they would just come. And we would do their labs before and their labs after. And in seriously, four days, we completely change their blood sugars, their inflammatory markers. They're subjectively telling us how much better they feel. Um, we're seeing things happening like magic, right? And we've done dozens and dozens of these and just started joining awesome. me. Exactly. And she started joining me in 2012 and started also helping teach some of the nutrition components of our, of our weekend courses. And then all the patients started basically saying, you have got to put this information into a book and. It was always hard to do because it's so dynamic. I mean, my gosh, in 2012, we don't know what we – I mean, I, I could rewrite the book today and add a 1,000 more pages of information simply since the book went into print because there's hmm. so much happening. In the last 25 years, the last two years, I've learned more about integrative oncology than I did in the 23 years Cumulative, right? There's just, we're on, we're on to something. Something is changing out there, which is great. And so we put together this book. We were going to do a cookbook first. And our editor at Chelsea Green Publishing said, whoa, you guys have four books here. This is crazy. Start with. Um, the why behind this is more important. And we did, we created kind of how we approach and assess and think about the body, the terrain and how to start to change it from the ground up. And we're thankful we did that because in the last year or two, a lot of our good friends and colleagues have come up with some great ketogenic cookbooks. So we were happy to have more of the behind. So they're grateful to have the education for their patients. And we're grateful to have some more recipe ideas. But this book is... Um, we're pretty proud of it. it. It really helps people really start to understand there's a lot more than meets the eye on how you must look at and att- at, um, attend to your body on a regular basis.
1: And what's it called and where is it
2: available? Okay, the book is called The Metabolic Approach to Cancer. And our subtitle, I always have to look because it's kind of juicy. um, (laughs) um, Integrating Deep Nutrition, the Ketogenic Diet, and Non-Toxic Bio-Individualized Therapies. Um, It is available right now. It just literally got shipped last week and started to land in bookstores around the country. It's now available on Amazon, both in hardback as well as Kendall. It's available on Barnes & Noble and of course your local um, bookstore. Stores, and um, we're very proud of it. In fact, it launched, um, it kind of hit its number one in its category, um, in several categories uh-huh. on Amazon. And the Amazon actually ran out twice already. And now they're hoping to uh, be avoiding that problem. So we're very proud. It's been well-received.
0: Congratulations. Yeah. I can sum it up in three words. Bacon and eggs. Yes! Yeah. <laughs>
2: But clean bacon and eggs. So let's put that, let's qualify because I am a real, I'm a stickler for quality. Um, because you really do, as, as my colleague Jess says, if you're eating industrialized, farmed, you know, CAFO produced meat and dairy and eggs, you're eating four legs, a a four-legged superfund site. So you do have to really be careful. And that's what we go further. And we, even in our keto world, we have folks say, Oh, it's not, I'm telling you, you guys, I look at the labs of someone who's eating uh, corn-fed and finished cows to uh, grass-fed and finished cows. Insulin growth factor is a night and day difference. You can see that it's much harder to lower the blood sugar in people eating corn-fed animal than they are grass-fed. So those are some compelling, you can see the data thousands of times over. So I might be upsetting a few folks out there, but it's just a harsh reality.
0: Now that works for us. Yeah, I tell people
1: that you get the first the first eighty percent of the way you're going to get by going low carb, high fat. It's the final twenty percent is you know your food food purity. I make my own bacon out of uh, out of grass fed uh, pork bellies, and I make beef bacon as well, which is delicious. Wow, coming <laughs> to your house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. Well, I think we're bringing some charcuterie to the keto fest. Uh-
0: well, Nisha, it's great to talk to you. Uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, is there an easy way for them to do that?
2: Yes, please. Um, check me out at optimalterrainconsulting.com. Got a few different email links within that, but also I'm all over social media. My Twitter is Optimal Terrain, Facebook Optimal Terrain Consulting and Dr. Nisha Winters. And we also have a Facebook page for the book, which we're doing tons. We're always uploading recipes and ideas and things like activities around keto world so like hello keto fest is all over that um Uh and so we definitely want to stay in touch and keep informed and keep supporting one another and changing the way we eat on this planet today
0: awesome hey we'll see you at keto fest can't wait you guys so looking
2: forward (laughs) right on
0: all right bye-bye thanks wow yeah it's stunning to hear somebody uh, you know an oncologist having all this success
1: especially you know. somebody who's had a terminal uh, diagnosis of their own i mean that's yeah. really what got us involved in this whole thing was we sure. had i mean I, I my diagnosis wasn't terminal except for my toe for my toe yeah. it was <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna dis, we're gonna disassociate you with the rest of richard so <laughs> you know um, well
0: it's great to hear that uh that somebody out there is really paying attention and helping people and helping people and we hope that it just continues to get better so give her your support people Mm -hmm. and with that i think it's time for recipes recipes! (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: oh my my so my recipe this week is from, uh, from Damo, who's the, the head chef at the Canberra Truffle Farm. And in fact, I've got a couple of recipes. These are all ways to use truffles. Now, so you probably know that truffles are very expensive. That's the one thing that everybody knows about them. And yeah. Between uh, two to three pound truffles can sell between $2,000 and 2500 $2, oh, yeah. um, And in fact, the exact price is, is often not disclosed because people are buying this massive big truffle as a vanity thing. You know, it's a little mm-hmm. bit like uh, buying the world's largest diamond. but so <laughs> They're mushrooms, basically, right? Yeah, it's a, a mushroom that grows under the ground. And the odour of these things is quite distinct. Now, we yes. went on this truffle farm adventure, which I spoke about before, and I was actually five days fasted. Oh. And I've spoken before about how I get smelling superpowers when I'm fasted. Wow. I could smell the truffles as we were coming close to the tree. And, in fact... The dog found a truffle that was a bad one and didn't get rewarded. And I knew it was a bad one before the dog was even starting to, because you can smell it's like a, that's a, crazy. A bad truffle has a smell of ammonia and sort of like a fishy smell. And oh, wow. uh, it's like a cat pee kind of smell to it. Yeah. And it was really offensive. Yeah. But, um, so, so around these trees, there's a little mounds you can see that may or may not have a truffle in them. And when you start digging them, the smell of it in the soil actually comes up. And if wow. you grab a trowel, even if you're not fasted and you have, you know, a blocked nose, if you go grab a trowel of this dirt up to your nose and you smell it, it's a distinct truffle flavour, mm. um, aroma. Uh, so anyway, yeah. this truffle recipe uh, or this series of truffle recipes are really techniques for making what is an expensive ingredient go a lot further. And one of these ways, which I found fascinating, is making truffled eggs. Ooh, yeah. So, what you do to make a truffled egg is that you get a truffle uh, that that has uh, an exposed surface. So, you don't want the. Uh, it's a truffle. Maybe you've shaved a couple of times. Okay. Okay. So, truffles normally uh, it's a it's a ball, maybe the size of a small golf. It may be a little bit smaller than a golf ball. That's sort okay. Of, and maybe you've shaved it a couple of times. and It has an exposed surface. Put it in a sealed container with whole eggs with, with their shells on and everything. The aroma. Really? Yeah, absolutely. The aroma permeates through the eggshell because the eggshell is a semi-permeable membrane. Huh. And it actually gets into the white of the eggs. Wow. Some of it will get through into the yolk, but it basically permeates over time. Now, the, Daimo, the, the chef has actually worked out that the, uh, the truffle smell Is best at about three days. Two days is not quite enough. And four days, it's gone, it's gone way too fast. So it's just basically at three days. So basically you want to, you want to take fresh eggs, maybe put say four fresh eggs in a Tupperware container with a lid, put a a piece of truffle in there, put the lid on, put it away for two to three days, then take Hmm. the eggs out and just put them in an egg container in your fridge. Okay. They're now truffled eggs, and you can make whole egg mayonnaise with them. You oh, can yeah. make yeah scrambled scrambled eggs. I mean, truffled eggs are, are
0: extremely good. Now, what good. if so- I don't have the means or the the cash to buy a truffle? Can I use truffle oil or truffle powder, things like that?
1: No, and the reason for that is that the truffle oil is actually has no truffles in it. What? <laughs> According to the guys at the truffle farm. Uh, In about a year's time you won't be able to buy truffle oil because it's a it's it there's a big court case about it. It's a it's a fraud. Because because it's actually uh they to to make it they use these things called Chinese truffles, which are a different species of mushroom that has a totally almost an an inert odor hmm. and so the the little specks that you see in the bottom of the truffles actually these odorless Chinese truffles and then to get the odor they add um, chemicals that uh, that produce a truffle like aroma
0: oh that's terrible yeah
1: I know so so truffle oil won't won't help you really need and you can buy like half the You can truffle. buy powder though, right? You can buy powder and that and some powder is chinese truffles in which case I wouldn't bother. Uh but some powder is french truffles. You're basically looking for perigord black truffles and there okay. are actually white truffles that are that are even better. So um you can buy a truffle for yeah you know, uh, 50 50 bucks for a small little truffle ball, yeah. shave one side of it, put it in with the eggs, and you can just reuse it over and over again. Oh, wow. To re-expose the truffle, you basically shave it with a microplane over the top of your scrambled eggs. So you make yeah. scrambled eggs with your truffle eggs, mm. and then you shave it with the microplane over the top. That's one technique. I've got two other techniques very quickly. One is to um, shave truffles into butter and then cook with the butter. Oh. So you put it into butter and into and leave it at room temperature for a couple of hours for the smell to permeate through into the butter, and then you cook with that butter and mm-hmm. everything tastes like truffles. Truffle butter. Yeah. The other technique is you can actually make a truffle puree by using Jerusalem artichokes, which, as you know, the starch in Jerusalem artichokes we can't digest, so it's like right. a free carbohydrate, right? Right. And what you do is you, you, you steam Jerusalem artichokes, cut them in half, scrape out the insides and add, shave a little bit of truffle over the top of that, of the insides of the steamed Jerusalem artichokes. And then, um, uh, blend them up with a little bit of cream. And that's your, that's your, it, it, it doesn't taste like Jerusalem artichokes. It tastes only of truffles because, wow. and, and Damo explained to me that, Jerusalem artichokes are very good at picking up the flavour of truffles and and extending it. So it's a wow. use of very little amount of truffles and you have a very truffly meal. So so wow. uh, and the shell on the outside of the Jerusalem artichoke you can just fry. And I'll put a photo on the ketogenic forums and put a link to the show notes of this meal that we had, which was a sous vide steak sitting mm. on top of a puree of this Jerusalem artichoke, which tasted
0: only of truffle. So is it almost like a mashed potato consistency? It's it's like a mashed potato consistency with a steak sitting on top of it, yeah. and
1: then we've got this little shell of the Jerusalem artichoke on the top <laughs> of that. And wow. the, I tell you this, that, this mashed potato that's made from Jerusalem artichokes, we can't digest the the, the starches right. in it. Sure. So, you know, um, it's like a free carbohydrate and it, mm. it's like mashed potato that tastes of truffles. That's amazing. And it uses a very small amount of truffles. So that's – it's really three recipes in one. I apologize that's, that's for quite all right. so many res- recipes and it uses an expensive ingredient, so I, I expect that not a lot of people will, will get it. But if you ever do get access to Perigord black truffles – this is what wow. you want to try with them.
0: Well, I have a feeling that nobody knows the truffles you've seen. So. <laughs> mm, oh, yes. dear. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that.
1: Nobody okay. knows. <laughs> <laughs> bad, bad, bad. So what have you got? What have you got for us, Carl?
0: Okay. Well, uh, while I was in Orlando, you have to go to Disney, of course. and. Of course. uh we didn't actually go to the theme parks cuz I've done that all my life yeah. and I'm theme parked yep, yep. out. Yep. But uh, we went to a restaurant at Disney Springs called Paddlefish. Okay. And uh, it's like a big steamboat. Mm. <laughs> this this uh, <laughs> and it used to be called Pleasure Island this area, but right. it's not yeah, Disney Springs, yeah. You know. Okay. Pleasure Island doesn't exist anymore. They just renamed it. Oh, you know, okay. it's like so one yeah. big mall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, I had this tuna poke. Okay. There as an appetizer, which was amazing. Mm. And I just sort of figured out what was in it based on what they said was in it and mm. how I could ketoize this. Right. There was yuzu in it, which okay. is sort of a sweet citrus. It's a, Jap- uh, it's a Japanese sauce, yeah. Right. It's a Japanese sauce. It's a, it's kind of got a citrus flavor. Sure. And if you just replace that with a little squirt of lime, lime juice, yeah, and some uh, drop or two of stevia. mm yeah. So here's what it is. You per serving, I, I estimate a quarter pound of sushi grade tuna. It's got to be sushi grade, really, because
1: you're going to be eating it raw, right?
0: Yeah. So go to your sushi restaurant. If they won't sell you a quarter pound of tuna, maybe you just go to your, your fishmonger and. Good fishmonger. Yeah. yeah. So you want to chop the tuna into dices. Right. And maybe a quarter inch. What is that? About six millimeters, I think. Yeah. All right, per each. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Set it aside. Don't you don't want to mix it up too much because things will fall apart. You also want to get the same size dice on some onion, yeah, and some finely diced avocado as well. Mm-hmm. And you'll have to use firm avocado so, yeah. so you know so it doesn't fall apart.
1: And you probably want a really sharp knife too, right? Yeah, on the right. fish because you don't want to be you don't want to be pressing it down. You want to be slicing through it
0: exactly. So then you make a sauce in another bowl or whatever, with a tablespoon of soy sauce, a tablespoon of olive oil, a teaspoon of toasted sesame oil, because you want Ooh, the olive yeah. oil to be the main oil. You just want sure. the flavor from the sesame oil. Yeah. And then, you know, a teaspoon of lime juice, a drop of stevia, and you combine all that and pour oh, that over yeah. the tuna, onions, and avocado and gently mix it up. And you did I mention that this should be chilled? Right. So- Chill the tuna, chill the avocado, chill the onion, chill the sauce, and then when you're going to serve it, mix it all together very gently so it doesn't- Just fold So it. you don't you know, have avocado mush. Oh, that sounds really good. Yep. And uh, they served it on a banana leaf, but you can just serve it in a bowl. Oh, lettuce leaf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd
1: be amazed at how yeah. many meals I eat
0: on a lettuce leaf. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That sounds really good. Tuna poke. Tuna poke. So that's it. That's the show, man. Yeah. That's a good show. Yeah, I think
1: so. It's been a while. It's been like two weeks since we've recorded one, so it's actually good yeah. to get back on the saddle, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Nobody knows the truffles I've seen. <laughs> 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 of course, if you have anything you want to tell us, something we said wrong, something that you don't agree with, some more research that you found to support or refute anything that we've said, send it by email to dudes at twokidodudes.com or post on our website, while you're at it,
0: register for KetoFest at ketofest.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at 2Keto Dudes, on mm-hmm. Instagram at 2Keto Dudes, and make sure to use the hashtag 2Keto Dudes.
1: Yeah.
0: And of course, if you want to join our forum, it's forum.2keto.com. And if useless swag is your fancy, you know, t shirts, coffee mugs, and other junk <laughs> with witty keto sayings on them, head over to gear.2keto.com. And now you can join the 2Keto Dudes fan club. You'll be eligible to win something in every show, except this one. We'll do that next time. <laughs> go to fanclub2 And if you feel like supporting our podcast and our forums, hit the donate button
1: on our website at www2 or just go to donate2 uh, You can also see our podcast and other videos on YouTube at youtube2 And if you haven't already, go leave us a great review on iTunes.
0: Absolutely. Keep calm and keto on, Richard. Yeah, keep calm and keto on, Kyle. All right. And we'll see you next time on Two Keto Dudes.